Hey, 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 y'all. Welcome to my podcast, Minority Youths on the Italian Small Screen. Welcome to the final episode of the Minority Youth on the Italian Small Screen podcast. I hope you have been enjoying the ride, but like many good things, they must come to an end. We talked about the right to representation, the white savior complex, and whether the roles of these minorities actually serve a purpose for these programs. Let's take a broader overview of what we've learned thus far. Let's recap some of the major key points of this project. Representation matters because the majority culture shouldn't dominate the media because there's experiences also within the minority culture that influence society, creating the diversity of life. Significantly, we need to recognize the differences when it comes to gender. Women are often seen in a better light in the sense that they're praised for their beauty and smartness. But on the other hand, they're also victimized and there's panic created around them in many situations in the media. Then, unfortunately, men are not looked on so favorably. They are seen as baby gangsters and their bodies are demonized. It is important to recognize this difference, even with the same identities, gender can play a large role in the way the person is positioned in the society. Secondarily, the white savior complex is often attached with representation because there is a victimization of the minority body and there is the conception that these groups need to be helped. This complex is fueled by demonization and relies on stereotypes to function. Lastly, representation can matter significantly if it is addressed. Representation just shouldn't mean that there's a Black actor in the role, but rather it means that the character and the actor's intersectionality should take precedent. The ignorance of intersectionality devalues representation that is happening in these shows because it simply makes representation a spectacle rather than addressing the real issues that people with these identities hold. Highlighting their bodies isn't enough because it is not representative of the experiences that these bodies often face. Maybe these shows are just for entertainment, hence the lack of recognition of these identities. But with such few representation of these groups, it is vital to seize the opportunity to teach about these diverse experiences. Now, what do these observations actually mean? When I was conducting this study, I found it quite difficult to find what I was trying to achieve with this project, like why minority representation matters on the Italian small screen. Did I just want to watch TV for my senior thesis? I'm not going to lie to you. I did want to, but you know, that is not the sole purpose for this research. Well, all jokes aside, I think at the core of this project, there still remains a question. Are these representations meant simply for entertainment? or and educational purposes. Entertainment and education are two ideas which are not mutually exclusive because something can both be entertaining and informative. Like for example, this podcast. (laughs) I know you saw that coming. Let's all be honest. We all know I'm a little cheesy, but this is the last time you're gonna hear jokes from me. Now back to business. Can we look at these shows and decide whether they are simply for entertainment educational or both? This question is very subjective, yet we as audiences choose to engage with these shows and draw our own conclusions. It is important to recall some of the information from earlier on in this podcast. I had mentioned the importance of television, the role it plays in the Italian society. We know that the first intention of Italian TV was meant to educate the masses. 
Now with the commercialization of television in Italy, we start to enter this realm of entertainment with Americanization. The question I asked myself was whether the true intentions of TV being educational in Italy ever disappeared. What's the importance of this, Janice? I know this thought was going through your head now. Don't lie. Well, this is the crux of my entire study. Does television as a mediatic expression serve as an educational tool while entertaining the masses? It is easy to dismiss the fact that television can be both entertaining and educational because I think we're given messages that essentially suggest that you cannot learn when you are watching Netflix unless it's a documentary by Ava DuVernay. I love her, but I digress. I want you to break this idea because in order to understand what representation means, we need to come to a collective conclusion that television can project a message. Let's take a look at a quote from Stuart Hall talking about the communication of messages. The lack of fit between the codes has a great deal to do with the structural differences of relation and position between broadcasters and audiences, but it also has something to do with the asymmetry between the codes of source and receiver at the moment of transformation into and out of the discursive form. What are called distortions or misunderstandings arise precisely from the lack of equivalence between the two sides in the communicative exchange. Once again, this defines the relative autonomy, but determinateness, of the entry and exit of the message in its discursive moments. Thank you very much to my thesis advisor for helping me out with that quote. Stuart Hall presents this idea about encoding slash decoding, which is the relationship between the producer and the audience member or receiver in this case. This quote is highlighting that to understand the codes, aka messages, from a certain medium, both sides need to interpret a presentation in a similar way in order to understand the messages. If there aren't these similarities, we have miscommunications because of the lack of equivalence. And basically, something I might add here is that looking at both sides, you need to be in the similar position in order to receive this message. So furthermore, expanding on that point, this lets us know in order to reap the benefits from even the representation, we must have the same intentionalities because if the producer is trying to teach us, teach us something, we as viewers need to be in a similar position to engage with these messages. Representation does teach us lessons if both sides are committed to learn from it. As viewers, we should put ourselves in the same position to learn from what we are watching because educational content is not solely reserved for documentaries. If we want to see continued messages with proper representation, we need to engage with these contents because we do have autonomy, like Hall says, but this autonomy can be practiced in the way you participate with these programs, therefore maybe proliferating representation even more. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get into the nitty gritty. Minority representation is paramount because it displays the entirety of a society and not just the majority that is often depicted. Minority representation means that we can create more proximate cultural artifacts in media, which creates an environment where we celebrate diversity. When I say proximate here, I mean that minority communities will have television shows or a piece of art that is related to their experience. So therefore, this creates a more proximate cultural artifacts for all facets of the society. Cultural artifacts that just show the lifestyle of the majority are inaccurate pictures of the country. Like I said in the introduction, Italy is a white society, but it is not a monolith. 
There are people of color. There are people in the LGBTQIA community. There are Muslims, Hindus, and so forth. The picture of the traditional Italian is changing. Therefore, for us to simply ignore these diverse communities is a failure to acknowledge the existence of these individuals. We talk extensively about whether the roles of these minorities made a difference in the way the series played out and whether their representation went beyond the color of their skin, gender, or religion. I analyze this because this is where these shows actually have the opportunity to educate their viewers. Television elevates and prioritizes entertainment, but there are those few times we gain a message. So now what comes into my mind is the types of messages that these shows are giving us about these communities. You know, I always want to start on the bad side. Well, at least in my opinion, the bad side. Luna Nera and Summertime to me are shows which are purely for entertainment. I personally didn't receive any new messages that weren't already represented in the media. As I said before, these shows didn't offer us any substantive representation of these individuals. Particularly when I look at these shows together, I don't think it's meant to pivot your mind or your opinions about black women. For example, in summertime, Summer is shown to be smart, a polyglot, beautiful, and somewhat of a kind of sympathetic character. Yet, from what we have observed through the literature and the traditional representations of females, this show offers nothing novel. Summertime represents the idealized version of what people believe minority youth are, particularly when we're talking about the framework of traditional minority youth females. Summertime fits into that beauty standard and is praised for her smarts. So not dealing with her blackness therefore shows us that they're trying to keep that framework and incorporating her race into that discussion breaks away from that traditional idea of what a minority youth should actually be. So that kind of normalization and create using her characteristics to, you know, proliferate this framework is another reason why they don't deal with her race. Luna Nara, I believe, carries the same sentiments. To display such a lack of awareness of her race tells us the true intention for the show. They took the less complicated route here. The representation of blackness means nothing for the viewership. Luna Nara and Summertime both have a representation of where their race is normalized, which makes them seem like the autoxinous youth who are present in the series. The colorblindness here is a lesson within itself. Any person who watches this is receiving the comfortable message and traditional framework about the representation for minority youth specifically females. Both Zero and Scam are different. They offer clear messages about representation and they're able to give that representation meaning. Particularly, the way that Zero deals with blackness is completely different than the way that we see in Luna Nera or Summertime. We have a different presentation of blackness, particularly what I want to focus on is the way they display a softer side to the intersectionality with gender and blackness. With Omar as the main protagonist, his timidity offers a new picture of what a black man is. Omar is this kind older brother who saves his girlfriend while trying to equitably save his neighborhood. You cannot conflate Omar's identity with the idea of a baby gangster because you would have to work three times harder to demonize him. Alongside those same lines, I think Scam Italia achieves a similar goal with its portrayal of Islam. 
Islam is often demonized because of the extremist narratives in the media. Skamitalia doesn't ignore these messages, but rather handles them while sending a message about the peacefulness and acceptance of the religion. Particularly, one scene comes to mind. When Sana talks with her crush about why he left the religion and why he holds different beliefs, we see this free-flowing conversation that paints the peacefulness of the religion while showing the tolerance between the two despite the differences in their beliefs. Though Skamitalia shows the violence that was perpetuated towards Sana at the hands of her friends due to her faith, they are also able to create a character and a novel depiction in the media about Islam while addressing the interdependence of gender and religion. This destroys the victimization narrative that are often placed on hijabis because it displays the freedom that a woman has in Islam. Both these shows achieve a completely different goal than Luna Nera in Summertime. They highlight the issues that impact these communities. They allow the viewership to draw new conclusions about these communities because they offer a different perspective that stands out in the traditional media. The traditional framework that media has offered about these minority youths is what influences the opinions of the general society. When you have messages that girls are only good for their beauty and smarts or that boys are just gangsters, this becomes the narrative for these individuals. By producing content that shows a different presentation of representation, this creates new information for the viewership to understand the intersectionality of these characters. Opening this door makes representation go beyond the screen because the viewers now need to deal with their own preconceived notions. I had to put we are who we are in a completely different category. We have Caitlin who is both queer and black. This is an intersectionality that the show doesn't deal with much, but we have this singular line from her father pointing out the difference between them and Fraser. It is obvious to the viewers that the father is addressing their blackness. The representation of Caitlin's blackness doesn't take the driver's seat in the show, but it offers a layer of complexity as the audience members to see how they're impacted by this intersectionality. We receive many moments throughout the show talking about queerness, specifically with the journey of Caitlin throughout the course of the show. There are a lot of different representations that we can point to, but I think the art of discovery displays the complexity of self-identity. Viewers won't necessarily get a clear message like queerness means this or this, but we're able to gain an understanding that queerness means different things, especially to different people. We see multiple moments where labeling makes Caitlin uncomfortable specifically when they first go on a date with the girl from the coffee shop. There is this uneasy scene where the girl labels Caitlyn and then disenfranchises the presentation of Caitlyn's gender. We often talk about labeling in our society, but with an uncomfortable moment like this, we are able to see the impact that it has on Caitlyn. Viewers are forced to deal with the aftermath of this incident, which in itself displays a message about this representation. This uncomfortableness makes the audience learn the harmfulness of labeling, which allows the audience to have a better understanding of queerness. These shows all give us a different conversation to have about minority representation. Even if the representations seem similar, we gain different aspects which rely on the typical representation or a novel idea for the audiences to observe. I'm making a strong claim here, so get yourself prepared. Brace yourself. These three shows achieve the task of being both educational and entertaining. This is vital because that means 
there is a different mode to understanding these minority groups in an accessible way. Not everyone can become an academic and spend time learning about these groups. On the other hand, not everyone has contact with these communities, yet this mediatic expression offers a digestible way to understand a new perspective while engaging the audience. It is for that very reason I turned my thesis into a podcast. It is for this very reason that minority representation matters. Because now you have the viewers who are informed on unique experiences or viewers who are able to relate to them. I'm personally happy to see that some of these shows are able to give lessons to the masses because that means we are approaching a more informed society. This could mean understanding Islam, queerness, gender expression, and the harmful nature of labeling, even understanding blackness and its different presentations. Italian television culture further strengthens this idea as it has the history about the intentionality of television being used as a mode for instruction. This is a great way to end this study, but there are still avenues for new exploration. This podcast is a contemporary representation of minority youths. All the shows we discussed are from 2018 to 2021, which is fairly recent. I was alive for all of them. <laughs> it might be nice to look at the trajectory of minority representation throughout time. Secondly, we are unable to see the true impact that these shows have on the youth overall. We are able to get some ideas with the way fans may interact, but we are unable to quantify the overall impact in legislation or attitude pertaining to these minority persons. Lastly, learning what minorities think about these shows would be quite intriguing because there is always room for improvement in the way representation can happen. These shows are now in the world, so maybe, just maybe, these shows are able to turn a few minds and help people understand why there should be a change in immigration laws in Italy or pivoting the stereotypes around religion. The pedagogic influences of these programs can be groundbreaking, but let's not get too ahead of ourselves now. I think a perfect way to look at this is the way Scam Italia fans engage with a queer moment in the show. This quote is from an article called Scam Italia Did It Again, the multiple lives of a format adaptation from production to audience experience. This is me with two other friends saying this quote, and this quote is actually three tweets of fan engagement. This is so important. This is the first scene in an Italian TV show where a boy comes out to his best friend, and I'm literally in tears. Thank you. Hashtag Scam Italia. Italy is an extremely religious country, and Nore sure isn't. Hashtag Scam Italia can use religious symbolism a lot more than OG Scam, and it will make sense in their culture. That Vatican versus queerness, the narrative can be put to use a lot. Martino throwing away his Halloween mask, aka his heterosexuality, in front of the Vatican. Though we didn't necessarily engage with the presence of queerness in Scam Italia, this is so heartwarming given where queer rights are in Italy. To have viewership engage with the content so positively means that there's a meaning in the representation of this minority community on the small screen. I loved guiding you through this journey about minority representation and its importance in the Italian society. I hope it was as fun for you as it was for me. The next time you watch television, try to be more engaged and understand the importance of representation because you might learn something new and get to enjoy a completely new genre that you think you wouldn't like. But binging is fine too. I do it all the time. And this is a safe space. Believe me, 
you know I binged the new season of Bridgerton. This project has been a long journey, but also an amazing experience. Representing these groups mean a lot to me because to be able to have yourself represented means so much. Let me relay something personal that influenced me greatly with this project. I am a Black, queer, plus-size female in America with parents who are first-generation Americans. I have been obsessed with media and television for as long as I can remember, yet I don't have many people to point to in the media who represent my identity. When conducting this research, I've come to many personal self-realization. Representation is not just for people to learn or be entertained. It's about feeling seen and recognized in a society that seemingly ignores you. I remember studying about Afro-Italians for the first time in college. The professor didn't know it at that time, but it finally felt like there was recognition of the diversity that Italy has. I have cousins who migrated from Italy about eight years ago, and I finally felt that in this classroom, I was able to understand why they migrated to the U.S. Representation goes beyond the small screen. It is an emotion that creates connections between individuals. I know I've talked a lot, but I hope I was able to do this project justice while creating a new lens for you to understand representation. I promise you, being able to feel seen changes a lot of things for many people. I would love to give a special shout out and thanks to these next individuals for helping me out with the quotes. To Camila Hawthorne, Luca Barra, and Millie Bonanno, thank you so much for helping me engage with this content. Thank you to my friends Dominique, Nia, Bailey, Bryce, and Addis for helping me out with the quotes. Also, thank you to Marco for giving me so much advice throughout my four years, but also giving me so much help throughout this project and helping me to actually carry it through and for helping me with the inspiration. I'm so grateful to you beyond your wildest imagination. I also want to dedicate a special space here to thank my senior thesis advisor, Dr. Julia Heim. You have served as a great person, a great navigator for this project, and I am in awe of you as a person, but you already know this. And I'm truly going to miss you now that I've graduated. Thank you for everything. To wrap, folks, thank you for joining me on my podcast, Minority Youth on the Italian Small Screen. I'll see y'all on the flip side.